Welcome to the Prophecy Club. We're going to continue studying through the book of Revelation. As you know, I skipped several uh, broadcasts playing some other things. I did think it would be a good idea to just play a whole month worth of Revelation, so we're kind of moving around. But we're about to get into Revelation chapter 7 today, and this is one of the really good news chapters in the book of Revelation. And it is, if you don't have my book, then this is one of the chapters that you're going to get out of order. You're going to put this in the wrong place, and you're not going to understand it. But if you get my book and you understand that, then this is really, really good news. This is really talking about 144,000 that are resurrected, and then a picture of us being at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So if you are washed in the blood of Christ, as probably those listening probably are, and if you are ready, then you're going to be going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So that's real good news. All right, so let's start. And as I always do, here's the situation. Uh, society is broken down. The pre-tribbers have discovered that they were misunderstood. And now they are needing to understand quickly about what in the world is going on. They have sought you out. Please hold a Bible study. Please tell us what is going on. And so as I do, before I do every radio program, I say, Lord, help me say the right things. Don't let me say the wrong things. And help me to bring truth to your people. And there's other things I pray, but I always pray those things too in Jesus' name. So, Revelation chapter 7. And after these things, I saw four angels standing in the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor any tree. And I saw another angel ascending out of the east, having to see the living God. Hold on, hold on a minute. I got a backup. I got a. That's probably very close to the end. That's probably in the ballpark of about five, maybe six months before Jesus returns at that point. Again, I'll show you how this thing fits together here in just a second. And I saw another angel ascending out of the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it would given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Now, who are the ones that get sealed? Only the 144,000, and it clearly lays it out. It even spells out exactly which of the 12 tribes get it. And there were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Out of the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad, and I'm going to kind of speed through it, of the tribe of Gad, and of Asher, and Naphtalin, and Manasseh, and Simeon, and Levi, and Iskar, and Zebulun, and Joseph, and Benjamin were sealed 12,000. That is the 144,000 that on the last first fruits, the last first fruits, they appear on the Mount Sion. And this is the sign. And you remember the Bible says that at midnight there was a cry, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. This is that cry. Meaning, if you are alive and if you're living in Jerusalem at this time, when you see these 144,000 that literally and physically return in white robes with Jesus on the Mount Zion, when you see that, that is the cry, the midnight cry, means that that is absolutely positively telling you that this is the year that Jesus returns. And if you understand the rest of things in the book, you know that we've got, at that point, we've got about five months left. Mm, you'll know exactly uh, in terms of the feasts 
once you see that. That's the reason that's the midnight cry. Because when the 144,000 with Jesus appear on Mount Zion, and it says that he comes, remember where the angel was standing next to the disciples when Jesus went up, they said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus shall return in like manner as you've seen him go. Okay, so when he left, how did he leave? He left as a lamb. He left in a lamb body, the same body that was crucified, that arose from the dead, that had fish with his disciples, and the same body where he told Thomas, he said, feel the nail scars. Uh, here, put your hand on my side. Feel where the sword went in my side. And that's when Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, because thou hast seen, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. So this is the same body, and this is the same way he returns back down. So says the Bible. Bible says this same Jesus that he has seen go shall return in like manner. So this misunderstanding about the pre-trib rapture where Jesus can return in the clouds and pull people up in the clouds so they don't have to go through any trouble, that's, that's not scriptural. It's just not there. It's just not there. And a matter of fact, I probably need to take a whole program and just talk about the rapture. But anyway, I've got three DVDs out on it. So if you really want to know, there it is. Now let's go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The next event happens 50 days later, exactly 50 days later. See, we know that these are the 144,000 according to Revelation 14, 1. We know that this happens on first fruits, according to Revelation 14.1. Well, here, I'll just turn to Revelation 14.1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. We'll explain all of that in detail when we get there. Skip two verses. These are they which are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed. Here it is, here it is. From among men, being the first fruits, that's the secret door, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. Meaning that these are the first ones to get their glorified bodies since Jesus arose from the grave. These are the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And that ties in with Leviticus twenty-three, twelve, I believe it is. And I'll go on here. And in their mouth is found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. So they got to the throne of God. That means they are without fault. So how did they get to the throne of God having no fault? But they're not washed in the blood of Jesus. It says, and I'll show you here, they're not washed in the blood of Jesus. So how did they get there? Well, if you go back and look into the feast, again, I cover all this in my book. If you go back and look at the feast back in Leviticus 23, you see that one of the requirements for the feast of first fruits is that they have to have a lamb of the first year, a male lamb, lamb without blemish of the first year, meaning these 144,000 are Jewish boys that died in the first year. That's the reason they have no guile in their mouth, because they never learned to talk. That's the reason they're without fault before the throne of God. So they never lived long enough to have a sin, but they died. In my opinion, probably one of them will be uh, David's son. You remember David was uh, watching Bathsheba bathe and decided he wanted to have her. So he arranged for that, and she got pregnant. She had a child. 
that child died at seven days old. It is my guess, that's not a thus saith the Lord, it's my guess, that probably one of those 144,000 will be that child, and others like that is who is going to comprise the 144,000. Now let's go to the next verse, because again, see, Revelation is not chronological, and somebody that <laughs> thinks so is going to get all tangled up. It's like walking through a jungle. You're going to get lost if you don't have my book to where you can understand it and put it in proper order. Because there's about 50 days, well, there's exactly 50 days between verse 5, where it says Benjamin, and verse 9. So now we jump 50 days later. We jump now to the Pentecost feast. And after this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, out of all nations, kindreds, people and tongues stood before the throne and before the lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Who are they? That is you and I, brothers and sisters. Those are those people washed in the blood of the lamb. Those are those people that are ready that get to go to the marriage supper. Now, how do we know this? After this, it beheld and lo, a great multitude. See, before it numbered out exactly 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes. Well, 12 times 12 is 144. So the verses before, verses 1 through 5, is talking about the 144,000 that go to Mount Zion. But starting here, now it's talking about us, the people that are washed in the blood of the Lamb. How do we know that? Let's go on, and I'll get there. It's going to use the word salvation here in just a moment. What is the word salvation? Is that an Old Testament word or a New Testament word? Is that a word that is used a lot by the Jews, or is that primarily a word that is used by those people since Pentecost? The answer in both cases is that's a New Testament word, and that is a word that is primarily used by Christians since Pentecost. So it goes on and explains about the great multitude which no man can number out of all nations, kindreds, people, and tongues. See, the first group are Jews, and only Jews. It even names every one of the 12 tribes. But this group, this group is all nations, kindreds, people, and tongues stood before the throne. How'd they get there? They got there because of Jesus. And it says, and before the Lamb, meaning these are the ones that are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Then it says, and they cried. So if you're at the marriage supper of the Lamb, along with the rest of us, then the first thing you're going to be saying when you're there, and this is a picture of us being before the throne, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. That's what we're going to say. In other words, he saved us. We made it. We see. We're here. We see the Lamb. Salvation. This is what we say. Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. And who is it that sits on the throne? The Lamb. Well, where does the Father sit? He sits on the throne. Remember, <laughs> we just read, what is it, yesterday or something like that. Uh, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Remember, he turned and he says, Peter, how long have I been with you? Have you, you do not remember. I told you that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Father is in me. I and the Father are one. Okay, it's different. I mean, because Jesus is the flesh part of God and the, the Father, God the Father, is the will part of God. Anyway, that's getting off the subject. Let's keep going. I cried with a loud or cried with a loud voice saying, Salvation with God was sitteth upon the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and about the four beasts, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen. 
blessing, glory, and wisdom, thanksgiving, honor, power, and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Now, here comes the interesting part. Here comes the part that confirms and tells us exactly who this is. And this is you and I, brothers and sisters. And one of the elders answered, saying to me, What are these arrayed in white robes, whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and washed their robes, and made them white, the blood of the Lamb. Hold on, hold on, hold on. When it says, These are they which came out of great tribulation, why does it say they came out of great tribulation? See, the tribulation is referred to as the seven years. The great tribulation is referred to as the last three and a half years. Why? Because these are they that are the overcomers, brothers and sisters. In order to be an overcomer, according to Revelation. Now, the New Testament describes overcomer as they overcame the world. In other words, they simply received Jesus. But the definition in Revelation for overcomer is not the same. In order to be an overcomer in Revelation, you have to overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. Meaning, you have to be able to see the beast, hear the beast. You have to have the opportunity to worship the beast, his image, or receive his mark, and you overcome them. In other words, the New Testament is talking about overcoming the world. Revelation, however, is talking about overcoming the beast. And the overcomers are those people that see the beast and resist him and refuse him. And probably most of them were killed because of that. That's the reason it says it doesn't say that they have to be killed to be an overcomer. It says that they have to resist him. In other words, they're willing to die, but they're not taking that mark. They're not worshiping his image. He's not receiving the mark on the number of his name. Not going to do it. And that makes them an overcomer. But the only ones that can become overcomers, according to Revelation, are those people who see, hear, and resist the beast. That's the reason it says, these are they which came out of great tribulation. Means that all of the people that lived and died before the tribulation, they're not in this group. They are not eligible to be an overcomer. Hate to say it, but I mean, like the lady that got shot because she said, yes, I believe in Jesus at the Columbine thing and other places like that. Other people beheaded for the name of Jesus throughout the history. Yes, they're going to be rewarded powerfully for dying for Jesus. But according to Revelation, they are not an overcomer. They are not in this group. It clearly says these are they which came out of great tribulation means they didn't make it in the tribulation. They're not in this group. Okay, now let's go on. Therefore, are they before the throne of God? Meaning that these are the people, like one of the overcomers that says, and he that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go no more out. I wrought upon him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, which is new Jerusalem, but cometh down out of heaven for my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Those are the overcomers. Therefore, are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth upon the throne, that's Jesus, shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, that's Jesus, shall feed them and lead them into living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. That's us. That's the overcomers. That's the people that get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And from that moment... We never have to leave the sight of Jesus ever, ever, ever again. These are the, we're part of the group 
at the marriage supper lamb, we get two things. We get a white wedding garment, and we also get a white horse. And then four months later, on trumpets, we return with him. That's where Revelation says, And the armies which are in heaven followed him on white horses, clothed in fine linen, clean and white. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, that with it he should smite the nations. And it goes on to say, that's us returning four months later with him uh, for the Feast of Trumpets. All right, now, that's chapter 7. Chapter 7 is basically talking about the first fruits with 144,000 with Jesus. And then the second thing is those people that are at the marriage supper of the Lamb, those people that are washed in the blood of Jesus, that saw him in the Great Tribulation. It specifically names these came out of Great Tribulation. So we have two groups in verse 7, or chapter 7. Chapter 7, one of the most important chapters. Chapter 7 is the 144,000 Mount Zion for first fruits. And then 50 days later, it's, it's great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations, kindreds, people, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Why is it before the throne of the Lamb? Because that's the marriage supper of the Lamb, you see. Chapter 8 here. And when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. A lot of people think, oh, well, this is starting the new tribulation or the tribulation over again. No, no, this at this point is about seven months. Remember, the audible voice of God told me the seven seals play over seven years. Seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days. And I proved that out in the scripture. Again, I mentioned that in my book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. Verse 2. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints. My opinion, those are probably the last breath prayers of those people dying for the name of Jesus. The prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne, and the smoke of the incense, which came with the prayers of the saints, ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. And the angel took the censer, and filled with fire of the altar, and cast it into the earth. Now, let me make a point. The angel here that has the censer fills the censer full of fire of the altar. He literally threw it to the earth. In other words, when something happens in the heavens, something also happens in the earth, in this case. Meaning that a lot of those events before this that seem like they're spiritual events, they're actually spiritual events that cause things in the natural on the earth, as this does. So this is further confirmation that those five or those four angels in beginning at Revelation six, those four angels, the angels of the apocalypse, those are not angels of the devil. Those are angels of God doing God's work. Here we have another angel that is filling a censer with fire and casting it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. And the seven angels, which had the seven trumpets, prepared themselves to sound. And the first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire mingled with blood, and they were cast upon the earth. And a third part of the trees were burnt up, and all green grass was burnt up. In my opinion, that literally is what it's saying. I believe an angel goes to the altar, gets fire, puts it in the censer, and tosses it to the earth, and this is what it causes. A third part of all of the trees are burned up, and all green grass is burned up, just like that. Now, we have about seven months at this point. 
seven months until Jesus returned. And the second angel sounded, and as it were a great mountain, burning with fire, was cast into the sea. And a third part of the sea became blood, a third part of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, and a third part of the ships were destroyed. I believe it's exactly what it says it is. It's, as it were, a great mountain, meaning a great asteroid or a great meteorite. I've looked up what the difference between asteroid and meteorite. One of them is when it's outside atmosphere and one's inside the atmosphere, but I can't remember which one's what. Verse 10, And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon a third part of the rivers, and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became Wormwood. And many people died of the waters because they were made bitter. Now, I hate to criticize anyone else, so I'm not going to mention any names, but through the grapevine, it has, re- <laughs> it has reached me that there's somebody out there that says, Wormwood, oh, well, this was Chernobyl, <laughs> the Russians. No, no, <laughs> no, this, this is exactly what it says it is. It's a great star, or you might say another meteorite or an asteroid. Once again, another one hitting only this one is actually given a name. The name is called Wormwood, and it turns a third part of the waters and a third part of the rivers and fountains of waters to made made bitter, and a third part of the men were killed by them. Just exactly what it says. I mean, I think people make Revelation sometimes a whole lot more difficult than it is. So if it says it would look like a mountain, or if it looks like a star, it's some big chunk of rock falling out of the atmosphere I think we ought to think it's some big chunk of rock falling out of the atmosphere. It ought to be that difficult. It shouldn't be that difficult. Verse 12. And the fourth angel sounded, and a third part of the sun was smitten, and a third part of the moon, and a third part of the stars, so as the third part of them darkened. And the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise. Now, this one's a complicated one. Man, I've prayed about this. I've thought about this. I've meditated about this. And the only thing I can come up with to do this, and this might take, we'll probably have to continue this on the broadcast, but when it says the fourth angel sounded and a third part of the sun was smitten, what do I think happened? I think a third part of the sun was hit. In other words, there's some big chunk of whatever out there flying around, and literally it hits the sun, and it's about the third the size of the sun. Well, what happens? Then it throws off all kinds of, Sun parts, for lack of a better word. I'm not a scientist, but I can figure it out. A third part of the sun is hit. A third part of the moon and the stars are all darkened as a result of the debris coming off this great big hit at the sun. And this is supposed to be, this is supposed to be saying, look, you don't have much longer. Uh, This world is going bye bye. And you better be receiving Jesus. You better be repenting of your sins. That's the whole point of all of this is trying to get people to receive Jesus. So literally, it is something hitting the sun and darkening a third part of the moon, third part of the stars, third part of the day, shall not, and the night likewise. 13. And I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels which are yet to sound. Now, I can tell you what are those three trumpets, and we'll tell you that.
probably, Lord willing, in the next broadcast. Get these five discs, four titles, valued at $105 for a gift of just $35. The topics are Exposing the Illuminati from Within, one of the most famous by Bill Snevelin. Illuminati, Game or Blueprint for World Domination that Set the Internet Afire, Secrets of the Illuminati by Dr. Stan Monteith, and Secrets of Solomon's Key by Michael Hoggard. Five discs, four of the best DVDs we made over 26 years at the Prophecy Club, valued at $105, available at prophecyclub.com for $35. It's the Illuminati gift offer, gift of $35 at prophecyclub.com prophecyclub.com. You can also watch it instantly at watchprophecyclub.com. In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. God showed me a single word, first fruits, is a secret door found in Revelation and Leviticus. When linked together, the end time events can be placed in chronological order. For the first time, we can know what feast Jesus returns on, the feast for the judgment seat of Christ on the great white throne, and the feast upon which the wheat is resurrected, and on the day the New Jerusalem comes down to earth. And even though I've been in Bible prophecy for 40 years, I freely admit to you that I knew nothing that is revealed in this book supernaturally. So you probably know nothing that is in this book. One prophetic word said, There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Don't get one for $20. Instead, get five for 30 or 10 for 55 Or a new case price, 60 books for $250. That's 60 books in a case for $250. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy at prophecyclub.com. October 4, 5, and 6, it's the Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. Friday evening, 6.30, I'll speak on my seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials chart. Saturday morning, 10 a.m., I'll speak on my feast and revelation prophecies chart. Saturday evening, 5 p.m., Leslie will speak on the Kundalini Spirit. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I'll take half the time with Miss the Mark, my new book, and Leslie will take the rest of it. As you know, I'm called to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. I want you to come so I can lay hands on you and anoint you for you to receive two anointings. The spirit of revelation as I received it when I memorized the book of Revelation. Two, to work in sevenfold miracles when the judgment arrives. The room only holds 350 people, and the church is probably going to take from 100 to 150 of them, so it will fill quickly. I suggest you do the $25 registration quickly at endtimesconference.com. $25 registration at endtimesconference.com, October 4, 5, and 6, Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. See you there! You can now watch 160 Prophecy Club recordings and soon over 300 without interruption. Most people would agree 300 titles, normally $30 each, a gift of $100 a month would be reasonable, $50 a pretty good deal, but the introductory rate for a limited time is just $20 recurring monthly subscription. A one-year subscription is a gift of $200. There's no contract. You can cancel any time you want to, and you get the first three days free just to check it out. The best deal is a yearly subscription that'll lock in your rate for a year, even when we raise the rates. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out. WatchProphecyClub.com. 
Adam Johnson is the president of the Harvest Bible Institute and Theological Seminary. He has done over 150 conferences and over 50 debates defending the King James Version of the Bible. And I must say, he is the best I have ever seen. We had him in and made a three-DVD set called King James or 400 Counterfeits. In this triple DVD set, the topics are Why King James? Inspiration and Preservation Biblical Comparisons Arguments Against King James The Deception of Secular Humanism Manuscript History and Numbers Again, the best I've seen, a triple DVD set. In the past, we've offered it for a gift of $45. Today, you can get it for a gift of $35. But if you order it in September, we're going to give you three more King James DVDs free. New Age Bible Versions, one of the best by Gail Ripplinger. All the way from Australia, Les Garrett made one called NIV or King James. And Michael Hoggard, also one of the best, which Bible is right for me? That's four titles, six discs, valued at $130, all for a gift in September of $35. And you get that by going to prophecyclub.com. Prophecyclub.com. It's the King James offer. This ministry is one of the few that can and will speak God's uncompromised truth so that you can learn and grow in these last days. Join the fight against evil. Become a partaker and join our mission to win thousands upon thousands of souls. 